0: hey guys um thank you guys for being here two nights in a row and so i'm waiting um waiting on nate to um come come on but i want you guys to start thinking about um some of the questions that you can ask him um he's one of the top investors in the area um, I've known him for a long time. He's um, he's accomplished everything that you guys are looking to do. And so um, this is a, a rare opportunity to um, actually um, communicate with one of the top investors in the area. Um, so start thinking about uh, and writing down some questions that you can ask him. Um, start thinking about that. And so that he can answer them, this is this is an opportunity that we, you know, we've only put out to you, um, platinum coaching students. And so, as we wait for him to come on, um, just start thinking about some questions. You can you can go ahead and, and put them in um, the comment section, um, and just you know, th- this is an opportunity. So let let's not pass it up. I think part of being successful in anything we do is um to pick a role model but more importantly you know know the right questions to ask the people who you're trying to emulate and so um i'm actually trying to keep it cool (laughs) because he hasn't came on yet um but i I talked to him about an hour ago so he'll he'll be on He, he threatened to take a nap so maybe now here here he comes here he is hey let's see here uh I, I can you hear me Nate come on uh
1: can you hear me yep can you hear me yep hey guys what's
0: going on oh, hold on all right what's going on all right we all the way live I got my uh, coaching students on I, I've um' I've, uh, I've asked them to ask questions. And so we'll just get started. We'll just get right into it, Nate. And, and I really appreciate you uh, being here with me and and my coaching students and, and to kind of share share your knowledge, your story with them. And so, Nate, let's just get started. We've known each other for a long time. Um, I understand I've been missing you in, in the gym. Um, <laughs> um, so, give us your background. Like, wh- where are you from, and and how did you get started in real estate?
1: Yeah, so uh, thanks a lot, Greg. It's always a pleasure to to catch up with you. Uh, you know, pretty much my story is probably like everyone else's. Pretty regular. I was actually born and raised here in the uh, the District Heights area. I got into a real estate investing. Uh, after reading uh, "Rich Dad Poor Dad," I was on vacation, read the book, and uh, like many other people who started their investing careers, did you know, did that. So that was pretty much the start. I was living in New York at the time. I bought my first condo. I sold that as my primary residence after reading the book. And then I just took that uh, that money and reinvested it and moved back to Maryland and started the
0: uh, investment career. And so Keith wants to ask, what, what time does your day begin?
1: Oh man, my day begins anywhere from, <laughs> depending on how late I'm hanging out with my boys for basketball. But typically, you know, without an alarm, I wake up probably about 5
0: a.m. Yeah, that's, that's the time I wake up. And and I typically pre, pre-COVID pre would say okay, 430 be- then. I wake up at 430.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got to beat
0: me, don't you, Nate? You got to beat me. And so... Uh, well, yeah, pre-COVID, I would see Nate early. We'd, we'd both be in the gym, go to the same gym early in the morning. Um, I actually haven't been back since COVID, but I saw a buddy of ours, Brian, yesterday or the day before. He said that you, you've been in there. And so um, so okay, I'll, 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 I'll get back in there. And so um, so you, you got started. Um, you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Did did you actually? We've never. I've never asked you this this question. Did you have a mentor, um, or you just kind of read the book and just kind of kind of winged it from?
1: Yeah. So I I read the book, and then from there, are you freezing, Greg? Uh, Hold hold on. Hey, Diego, can you turn off all the um, the Wi-Fi? uh your games and stuff and tell nas to turn his off sorry about that the uh last time is is the wi-fi still up, Greg, or are you freezing nah, I'm, I'm- is, is that me or you brother I think it's I think it's me. Can you see me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were kind of freezing a little bit. Yeah. So in answer to your question about a mentor, um, basically, after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I went to a lot of like investment seminars. Um, I didn't have a particular mentor, uh, but if I had to do all over again, I definitely (laughs) I definitely would have got one a lot earlier in the game i have mentors now but back then i didn't and uh, i i look back and it probably cost me millions of dollars just you know not having a mentor having deals that i probably could have capitalized much better on or even you know marketing differently um so yeah definitely uh kind of did it the old-fashioned way where i tried to learn it myself but uh i I wouldn't recommend going that route right
0: and and so um we we, i talk to my uh, coaching students all the time about motivation um what, what really motivates you uh
1: so hopefully you can still hear me Greg cuz it looks like you're a little frozen but I'll talk. So in 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 terms of motivation I think for for me personally, you know, my family has always been, you know, my motivation pretty much and we talk about this all the time. I mean pretty much everything I do are you know, for my family and my boys and you know, hopefully leaving a legacy for not only them but their children um, I think you and I both kind of live very modest lifestyles, So it's nice, you know, to have money and be able to do things when you want. Um, but for me, it's always been the relationships, being able to be in a position to kind of help, you know, other people out, uh, particularly, you know, my family.
0: Okay. Um, I, I know I'm having some technical difficulties, but hopefully you can hear me. Talk, yeah, talk talk about your um um you got into you got into real estate investing what what did you start doing first um was it buying and holding fixing and flipping uh wholesaling um talk talk about that journey
1: okay so when i um so i sold my i sold my primary residence as rich dad poor dad suggests where you know you can sell your primary residence you know, every two years, and that money would be tax free. So I sold that primary residence. And I, I remember it like yesterday, it was a little condo in New York, I think I made like 40 $40,000 at the time. Yeah, you know, I was probably like 29, 30, had just gotten into it. And that was the most money that I had ever seen at one time. And I was like, hooked. I was like, this is what I want to do. So I was fortunate enough prices in New York were just like sky high as you know relative to here. so I took that money and bought um, a couple of uh, rental properties here in the Maryland area one of actually one of my first properties uh was on Prince Place. It was a little condo in Prince Place over in Largo and so I bought that had some equity in it. I bought another little town home uh, over in Capitol Heights. And this was all right before, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the crash. And I was, I held them for a couple of years. Didn't really know much about wholesaling. And then I ended up selling those properties. And with that money, the equity, I started actually making some mistakes and I, you know, started, you know, going, I was buying like, and this is where not having a mentor, you know, kind of, you know, kind of comes in. I bought some properties in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, for all the students on the line, you know, Baltimore is like, you really have to have mentorship to go into Baltimore. And I always joke, I still have one or two properties from back then that I'll probably die with unless uh, unless I can find somebody. Um, but yeah, so I, I just got into rentals basically. And then ironically enough, uh, one of the properties that I bought in Baltimore was a wholesale deal from a young kid. And I didn't understand what he had did. He didn't own the property, but he sold it to me. And Long story short, that's how I figured out what wholesaling was. After the transaction, I asked him and then he explained that he had flipped the contract and, you know, he had kind of, uh, you know, taught me. So I was learning everything on the fly. Look, all the stuff now, you you know, you go to one like one of your boot camps, man. And I I would I would (laughs) have been protected just from one of your boot camps.
0: Part of the lesson,
1: can you hear me Nate? Yeah, yeah, I I, I hear you now, brother. I'm freezing still a little bit. So two guys walk into a bar. Um,
0: <laughs> wanna go to the chat? Oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> Technology. You, I know, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, 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 you, yeah, you're good now. So part of. The- <laughs> now you freezing again.
0: Um, can you hear me now, Nate? Yeah. Yes. You bought the properties wrong in Baltimore.
1: Uh, just one or two, because I was, I, I made the mistake of, I made a lot, I made a fair amount of money in Baltimore, but early on, I made the mistake of comparing prices in Baltimore to those in PG County in New York thinking that I was getting a steal and that would probably be my biggest tip to you know students is not to uh you know not to let the uh, the low prices always low prices don't mean that you're getting a great deal or a great bargain that was that was the bottom line but to to the end even though when I say I made a mistake, meaning uh, at that time, but I actually have cash flowed on those properties. So they actually have been paying for themselves over and over again. Um, So that's the other good thing about real estate. You always have multiple exit strategies and they might not necessarily be a good flip, but I was able to get, you know, pretty good rental income. And even today, I still they they cash flow pretty
0: well. How'd you get into flipping properties? So after um, so it
1: was I, I can't remember the year, but it was right around the time uh where we had that crash and then uh there were a lot of uh reo properties um what was that maybe like around
0: 2008
1: um, yeah right around there so i started buying um i started buying rentals to hold but then i also started flipping and at that time you could go on the mls and you could you know you could put a lot of offers on the mls and so i started i actually started a little bit in baltimore and then from baltimore i transitioned to prince george's county um you know once i got out of the uh you know the understanding that it you know low price that's when most investors try to
0: Price. All right, go, go ahead, Nate.
1: You there? You you're looking frozen, but I'll I'll just keep talking just in case your audience can hear me. So, yeah, it was basically 2010 that uh, I basically started doing a lot of PG County flips. We moved from Baltimore and probably started flipping like 15, 20 houses in PG County. And then from PG County, uh, we just saw that the spreads were a lot bigger. And then we moved uh, to D.C. And we still do a fair amount in PG County, but the the numbers are a lot easier to make work as you already know in DC So
0: Greg mm. Nate let's do this uh I'm going to turn let me see
1: when you freeze, you can't hear me. Can your audience still hear me?
0: Or is it just you? No, no, they can hear you. Let me see oh, if okay. I can turn on the. um I can't yeah. turn off the camera. I was but, going to see if we can. Do- am I able to see a
1: chat? Yes. So when you freeze, I can just look at the questions? Yeah. again, how do you market? So um, do you want me to just go kind of down the line and look at some of these and we can talk about them or? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So how do you market? Um, Greg Bennett taught me that uh, actually network, your network is probably going to be the main deciding factor of your net worth. I would say the majority of my good deals come from just networking with other wholesalers, real estate agents, other investors. After networking, uh, you know, we do some direct mail. Um, although you, you know, I have to say, you know, Greg's been a great mentor, and you know he's always taught me whatever marketing channel you decide to do, you basically have to give it, you know, six to nine months to make sure that it's going to work because you have to typically, and Greg probably knows this better. I think you typically have to touch like a seller almost five, six times before the residuals, you know, start, start coming in. Um, What, 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 what do you think, Greg?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Networking. You and I network a lot um, with each other. Um, Branding. I think branding, um, social media, those kinds of things is is what's what's most important. I mean, where where I find find most of my deals is like really networking um, with other wholesalers and then the branding. I think that's the most important thing. And that's what I try to convey. I mean, we, mm-hmm. you know, we, you and I, we've tried everything we've tried, you know, direct mail, cold calling, yeah. banded signs. I mean, we, we've tried mm-hmm. everything and everything works. I mean, you've got to stay consistent with that, it. Like, everything probate. But um, like you said, the, the best deals that we get are just through just through networking. And I, and I, I think that that's, mm-hmm. uh, I really think that that's the lesson. And And oftentimes people just don't do that. They don't, get out and talk to people. And you and you make it, a, um, I mean, you take, you take wholesalers to lunch. And um, I remember a story about a guy that you really kind of took under your wing and maybe paid some of his bills and stuff just to get him off his feet. But it paid dividends for you. So that that's, um, I mean, you've got to do that. And so networking is the key to your success. And can you hear me, Nate? No, I'm good. And he's going
1: damn. in and out on that last one. You said you remember you uh, you had lost us after the wholesaler uh, taking him. Oh you, you
0: took you took a wholesaler under your wing. And um he, I think he was having some issues, maybe. He um you took him under your wing, paid some of his bills, and but it paid dividends because he started feeding you feeding you leads. Um yeah. but I mean. Those are some of the things that you just have to do. Um, I, I apologize, you guys. This—I uh, don't know why the Wi-Fi is so bad. Um, normally we're pretty good. Hopefully he'll he'll log back on. But well, we'll we'll have to replay this, you guys. Um, so I apologize. Um, normally I'm hardwired when I'm at my office, but normally even from home I'm I'm good. But. Um, we'll answer um, we'll answer all of your questions before we get off of here. um hopefully he'll log back on and i'll I'll go ahead and um, let me see we'll we'll start to answer these questions. Here he comes. All right can you hear me, Nate? Can you hear me, Nate? Can you hear me?
1: Yep, yep, yep. Um, okay. As you're looking for next question, one of the uh, one of the things that I've always taken away from our conversation, I've actually learned from you, is that dealing. These other uh agents, and that's one that is very forthcoming with information. You're very willing to share information, and I think that kind of sets you apart from some of the other people. And it Helps, uh, you know, and, and people people get a sense of your genuineness. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> oh, hey, no, I know.
0: I, I'm going to take my camera off. Uh, can you hear me, Nate?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. How, how do you find your properties in D.C.? Um, I was just reading some of the questions. So May said, how do you find your properties in D.C.? Uh, I think the the big properties uh the big ways you find properties are wholesalers and agents number one number two but i would say the majority of the properties that we're buying are in some form an estate property or a vacant property um so in dc you definitely you could get a a, a program like PropStream and you can look up all the vacant properties and see you can send mailers or you can cold call one of the ways when i first started out and you have a limited budget you just cold call all of you know all the vacant properties like in a particular uh particular zip code are you looking for property and if so where and your info for a wholesaler um greg could probably put that in the chat at some point Um, uh, because i'm sure he'll want first crack as well
0: <laughs> go ahead Nate.
1: uh greg is freezing <laughs> all right let's see what else we got here um why does baltimore seem like a hot spot but i hear bad stories explain uh greg why don't you take this one
0: um, ho- hopefully, you guys right. can hear me. Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me, Nate?
1: Yep. Okay.
0: So, yes. uh, so Baltimore is not, uh, this is why does it seem like a hot spot? But I hear bad stories. I think you hear bad stories because um, people buy, um, they don't buy the properties right, they don't buy in the right neighborhoods. Um, in Baltimore, you can't buy, um, you know, board us. We talk about it a lot on streets where there's lots of board ups. Um, And then you've got to buy right. I don't in Baltimore, I'm not buying a gut job. I'm only buying you know, cosmetic. And then um, you just have to set the right criteria. If you set the right criteria, if you buy it right, then Baltimore could be a gold mine. I think, um, and Nate Nate and I have talked over the years, I think Nate, you probably, as I said earlier, probably bought wrong in, in Baltimore. Oftentimes we come with a New York mentality or a DC yeah. mentality going into Baltimore. And we think, oh, we mm-hmm. we could, you can could buy a house for $15,000 and you do so, but that $15,000 is not the right property because it's in a bad neighborhood. And so um, as a matter of fact, the investors in Baltimore Here's the joke that they say. They say if they if they have a property that they're having a hard time selling, put an ad in the Washington Post or the New York Times, and and you'll get it sold just yeah. because I, of that, that you yeah. know that big city mentality. And that's the joke that Baltimore yeah. um, investors make. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so, but, and Baltimore. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, go Greg. Ahead, Greg. No, gonna no I was top- just going to finish. that with, Yeah, yeah, we can switch topics. I was just going to say much. If you go into Baltimore, Baltimore is more of a cash flow type of business. Would you agree? You're not going to get as much appreciation. You'll get forced appreciation, meaning when you buy it right, whatever equity you bought it with is probably what you'll have. But you're right. probably not going to get a lot extra appreciation. So I would just end the end the topic like that. That Baltimore, and like I said, even the ones I bought, I joke and say that I bought them wrong, but actually they cash flow, so they're just
0: not appreciating. And so you're just having a hard time with the Nexus strategy in terms of selling them, right? Right, because. It,
1: because at this point you're you're really going to be selling to other investors now i've bought other properties since in baltimore and i changed my criteria accordingly so i like to i don't like to buy in neighborhoods where the resale value is going to be less than 150 grand so that takes me out of all of what i call the blue light districts where I would never want to buy a property where after everything is all fixed up, that it's worth a hundred thousand because it's gonna be very hard to find a homeowner that wants to live in a hundred thousand dollar neighborhood. So I think that the, you know, they probably get the 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 gist that it's cash flow first and you know, try to stay away from some of the blue light, uh, the blue light districts. Well, where the yeah, is what, what we
0: call the D, the D neighborhoods, the C-minus yes, neighborhoods, exactly. neighborhoods. And so, so Nate, let, let's, yeah. let's, let's get on this topic before we totally freeze out. I think okay. what, one of the things that I, I really admire you um, uh, about is um, the way you finance your properties, the way you've built up your finances. And then um, sort of kind of your retirement strategy, but at the very least dealing with like solo 401k. And so can you talk a little bit about that, the solo 401k and how you finance your properties? Because like you could write a book on on, on those topics.
1: Yeah. So for I'm sure for for the students in here that that um you know, already familiar, solo one four solo four one Ks are a retirement vehicle where if if you have a job or if you have a business, you should be stacking money into your retirement account because the whole name of this game is, is that we want our money to grow, you know, tax free for you know the shortest amount of time and and, and possible. Now, one disclaimer, with the 401ks, typically these, these vehicles are, are geared t- towards long-term investments, meaning they're, they're really, and, and I just want to throw this caveat out to the students, that they're really for longer-term investments like rental properties, stuff that you're going to hold for a year. You might be able to do one or two flips in them, but you don't want to get in a scenario where you're doing multiple, like a lot of flips out of them because you don't want it to be considered you're running a business out of your 401k. But the whole concept is, is that and there's and, and, and at another time we can really sit down and kind of talk about it but I would Google 401k um, you know, retirement accounts. They're tax-free all the way up until you retire. The, the second part is, is, the good thing is, is that you can lend money to other investors, to family members. You can lend sideways to brothers, sisters, but you can't lend up and down. So you couldn't lend to parents or your children. And, and that's another way to get pretty high returns. Um, the second way to finance property and Greg and I have done this, you know, private money. When Greg and I started years ago, hard money used to be exactly that. Right, Greg, it was like hard, like we're talking high, high interest rates. Now they call it private hard money, but in, in, in all actuality, um, you know, their interest rates have come down so much, you can get as low as like eight percent from hard money lenders with like two points. Um, the advantage and the question would be: well, why would you do that versus going to a bank where you could get it? You're only gonna save a, a small um interest rate, like say eight versus five or six percent, but it's very nominal on a three month to six month deal that's number one and then i'm sure as greg has already talked to you guys in a very competitive market you have to be able to close super fast and i know the lenders that you know greg refers and that you know we use it's almost like you're using cash i know greg's probably closed stuff with you know within a day or two if he needed to And likewise, on my end, once you get, um, you know, relationships with a lender. So I think those are probably the two biggest takeaways.
0: And then um, what is your strategy in in terms of kind of month by month, year by year? as it relates to um your business and using your solo your solo 401k do you have a certain strategy or goal um
1: with that yeah so ideally um you know i always try to get um you know as as your account is smaller my goal was always to try to double the account every year as the account gets bigger then you know, you just kind of come up with like, I have a certain return, uh, and you can put it in these calculators, um, because you're talking about larger sums of money. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about real estate, right? We get pretty, not a big returns. So I try to focus more on the, uh, the tax. Um, you know, so like if I have a bigger deal, I might do it with, my solo if i think that the tax implications are going to be you know that much better that's number one uh number two um i like flipping just because right now i think the market is super hot and you know I think that it's going to be very hard to get rental properties unless you get them like at a really, really good price because the prices are so high. So right now I've been flipping uh, a little more, but my strategy is, is to if I can get something with a fair amount of equity to hold on to it, just as, as you uh, always say, I mean, it's, it's really once you start making some money it's all about the tax implications because flipping is like a 40 50% tax rate you buy that same property you rent it out you get the you know appreciation and then when you go to sell it depending upon how you sell it you know you could pay almost little to no taxes if you you know invested in like an opportunity zone or you could just pay capital gains which i know you and i do a lot you know, 50, 20%. Um, the, I'm sorry, one last thing. The other thing, uh, that I, I try to get people to do is if you have like, um, stock portfolios or things like that, or even equity in your house, lines of credit are another great avenue to, you know, to try to get, Um, especially, I don't know if you've talked to your students, but even though the market is super hot now, it's not always going to be this way. So now's a good time to try to really, you know, get a lot of cash because I'm, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts and we can go offline or when you think like some of these foreclosures, it's like 21 to 25% of the DMV area are delinquent on their mortgages. So I don't know how how you see that playing out. I'd be
0: interested to know what your strategy is these days. You you know, I think my strategy is kind of what you just touched on, is um, being able to take advantage of the opportunities, because the opportunities are going to come. There's a moratorium on uh, foreclosures until June the 1st. Okay. And we don't know if the president's going to extend that or not. He, he's already extended it um, one time. But mm-hmm. um, I I talk to my students a lot about um, <clears throat> getting lines of credit, um, sure. fixing fixing their credit, yes. getting their credit scores up, so that they can take advantage of the opportunities that are going to come their way. And by years end, there's going to be lots of unfortunately. Um, but fortunate for us, there's going to be lots of opportunity. And opportunity is yeah. going to be to buy and hold. The opportunity is going to be to um, to fix and flip. And so there's going to be a ton of opportunities. There's going to be a lot of short sales, as exactly. we saw in 08, 09, um, 2010, lots of short sales, where you're just putting um, property under contract and just waiting. Right. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. going to be lots of opportunities. And so... I, I think that we just need to prepare ourselves financially, and so sometimes right. that's, that means saving money. Sometimes that means, mm-hmm. you know, working on your credit if if that's. Right. Um, and then and then other times it just means some, for some of you guys on this call it just means um, getting a joint venture partner to partner with um, because right. it's going it's going to be like opportunity, and right. so and so to scale your business. Um, you know, one of my goals has always been to be able financially to take advantage of every opportunity that comes my way and not and only, for example, wholesale. If, if I want to or if it's a property that I don't want to flip, but if it's a property that I want, I want to be able to take advantage of that opportunity. And that takes time. But that's like one of my goals. And so that's why I admire you on that front, because. You've really worked on lines of credit. You've really worked on your credit lines of credit, saving money, um, living way, well below your means. I talked um, last night um, about making sacrifices so that you could be the one in the family to um, really start that that legacy. And so you've made you know you've made a lot of sacrifice. Like you could be driving <laughs> Bentleys and things like that. That's yeah. just not who you are. It's not who I am. You yeah. got to make that sacrifice. But mm-hmm. I think because of the sacrifice, your family, all your brothers, you didn't talk about all the brothers and sisters yeah. you have. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you make, I mean, I think what you're telling your students is fantastic. And especially now preparing for the future. And like you said, building your network. I mean, that's going to be huge. And, and that's probably the biggest thing that I admire about you is that, I mean, your network is just like, I don't, I don't think, see, and, and I don't know how many of these students are actively doing deals, but I can tell you right now that the benefit that you're going to get from this guy's network alone like in the years is going to blow your mind. Um, and, and that's the mindset you have to get in is that, yeah, the knowledge he's giving you is one thing, but it's just the whole network that you're involved in. And and I tell people all the time that, you know, when, when uh, you know, God graced me with meeting you that, like just expanding my thought and my network, it just like took my business to a whole nother level, and and I'm and I'm I'm happy because I know all of these students, they might not see it now, but in a year or two, they're gonna see how the network that you have just
0: pays dividends. Well, I I appreciate the kind words. Tell tell us a little bit about the future. What is that? What does the future hold for you? <laughs>
1: Oh man. Well, right now the future holds for me. I got a 14 and 15 year old. So, you know, I'm, I'm just excited. Uh, real estate investing has afforded me, you know, the opportunity to basically, you know, have freedom to do, you know, what I want, when I want, um, my, my 14 and 15 year old are into basketball. Actually, you know, they played on Nico's team. Diego played on Nico's team uh, for a while. And that's Greg's, uh, that's your nephew, Greg, or your cousin. Um, So, yeah, for me, it's, and that's the beauty uh, about real estate is, is that you can work hard, but, you know, we're not the ones like, like you always say, making money when you sleep, right? You know, your, your tenants are paying you and you're out at a ball game and enjoying it with the family um you know from from a business standpoint you know at at, i've started laying the foundation to you know i always had a um a dream to get into like the mindset coaching and training and i think that i'll continue you know to work on that right now my kids have just been like a major priority but As we talked, I'm looking forward to as they get older and perhaps when they go to college, building something that they can join, similar to what you did for your daughter, where you can kind of build something that they can join and God willing, never have to work for anybody else. Right.
0: Give us a little taste of the mindset. Why did you get into mindset? I know you and I talked about it about a month or two ago. Mm -hmm. Um, why, why mindset? I mean, you're, you know, um, an expert on real estate investing. Why was mindset so important for you?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, look, mindset, I mean, we all, you know, we all have, you know, we all have, it's, it's one of those things where it's met, it's much talked about, but very, is very little bit is really understood in mindset. And when a lot of people hear mindset, they equate mindset with what I call motivation, like motivation speakers. But when I'm saying mindset, I'm actually really referring to the subconscious and how your mind actually works. And what I found is, is that a lot of times we work on physical habits. But a lot of times the physical habits never take place because we haven't gotten it into our subconscious. So I'll give you an example. 75 to 80% of New Year's resolutions are, are given up within two weeks of January 1st. And the reason is, is that we're constantly trying to change our physical behavior but really the successful people and you and I talk about this all the time the successful people spend 80% of their time dealing with you know with their mindset and and so i'll just leave you know the the group with this is that you know there's two ways your mind works and it's in words and pictures and if you can learn how to you know, manage the words that are coming into your space, whether they be yours or somebody else's, right? Because as kids, we grow up and, you know, we might not do well in school because somebody is saying, oh, this kid can't read, he can't slow, and it gets in our minds. But the successful people are the ones that understand that the only words that matter are the ones that we internalize and believe. So that's number one. And then number two is the pictures that we put into our heads. And, you know, if you're going to live the life of your dreams, the first thing you have to do is what? You have to dream. And as adults, we tell our kids all the time, dream. But then as adults, we stop dreaming and and it's interesting and that's why I love talking to you because successful people they're always dreaming about the next, you know, the next goal in life. And I'll leave your group with this. If you know, dreams are like gas for your body and if if your dreams are super small, you're never going to have enough energy. So you need huge dreams and that's what fuels your body and that's what gets you out of bed at 5 a.m in the morning without an alarm clock is when you have huge dreams and you can't sleep at night and you don't need to set the alarm and you just wake up at 5 a.m because you are ready to go but if you don't have like dreams you know, the, the alarm comes off at 5 a.m., you hit the snooze, you hit this, next thing you know, it's 7 a.m. So my recommendation is dream big, go after it, conquer fear, and,
0: you know, just enjoy the process. Well said, my brother. Well said, well <laughs> said. Um, no, let's, let's, uh, let's answer a couple questions and we'll get you out of here. Uh, Keanu, uh, I want you to know... Um, do you GC your, um, projects or do you hire a general contractor?
1: So, uh, we, we GC, I have a, uh, I have a brother, um, John Paul, some of you might know him, but, uh, John Paul, started with me working on my rental properties when he was like 13 years old he ended up going to Bowie state and getting a marketing degree but once he graduated from Bowie state he just started working for me like full time so he manages all of our properties um so you know we have like five or six internal crews
0: and then um let's see lorraine is is there a specific list person company you use um, for hard money lenders, so you use for hard money lenders? uh well, you know, I like
1: Dominion Financial. they're based out of uh, they're based out of Baltimore. Um, I think you know I've used them for years. I know that you use like commercial you use commercial um, yeah. the thing I like about Dominion, uh, once you get pre-approved, then many of these lenders are like this, but at least with Dominion. Once you get pre-approved, it's like you just got to give them a contract and a budget, and then you pretty much pick your closing date. Um, and I think Greg Greg has great relations with them and other lenders as well, so I'm sure he'll be sharing those.
0: Uh, Keith wants to know from mindset from a mindset uh, set standpoint, how do you approach your day, your week, your month? So
1: the the whole key is is that with with mindset you always hear somebody that say you know you always hear the saying you got to have faith in yourself well what does that really mean that you have to have faith and believe so here's a here's a tip your mind only understands the present tense it doesn't understand the past and it doesn't understand the future So that's why you can think of a sad event 20 years ago and your body will start crying today. The event happened 20 years ago, but your mind believes those emotions are here today. So rule number one, all of your goals, you have to speak them in the present tense. So for instance, if like one of my goals when I went from making five figures to say seven figures, your mind is used to you making five figures and that's gonna be your ceiling. You have to trick your mind and tell your mind you're already making seven figures. And then what happens is remember, it starts with your mind And then your body comes. Okay, so you tell yourself in the present tense, I'm a successful real estate investor. I make a million dollars a year and you're saying it in the present tense. That's step number one. Step number two uh, is auto suggestion, which means and this is where it says this is how people say you believe in yourself you say it over and over and over again, and then your mind believes it. And so if you look at any of the greats, Muhammad Ali, he would always say what? I am the greatest. He didn't say, I'm going to be the greatest, I was. Everything is present tense. Michael Jordan, I am the best. And so even if you're not at that level, your mind doesn't know that so you just tell it over and over so those are the two things you got to talk present tense and you got to do auto suggestion and this isn't um new material um this if you read uh what's the uh think and grow rich that's what they talk about napoleon hill auto suggestion so when you hear that start getting into that habit so that's number one and then in terms of on a on a daily and weekly, daily, I do something uncomfortable every day. And that's how you get out your comfort zone. So every morning I started, and I got this from Tony Robbins, I started taking a cold shower. Mm. I hate it, but <laughs> it builds mental discipline. And it actually, your mind, is like a, it's, it's just like working your biceps or your back. You have to do different exercises to strengthen it. And so every day I know I don't want to do it, but I mentally make myself do it. So I cheat a little bit. I take a, I lather up when it's warm, but then I turn the water off and then I rinse down cold every morning. And you know, when it's eight degrees outside in the winter, I'm still doing it. And it just helps develop your mind. So you got to get we always say you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So those are probably the two things I would suggest. Uh, to, go ahead. And I was just looking at the comments, books or podcasts. Um you know, there's a, there's a heck of a book. It's called psycho cybernetics, Um, psycho cybernetics. And it talks about the mindset, the self image it's written by a, a plastic surgeon and it, it, all the things that we're talking about, it goes into. So I would definitely highly recommend that. I think, uh, I'm trying to look up the author's name, Psycho-Cybernetics. It's, uh, if you hold on one second, I can tell you the author. It's um, Maxwell Maltz, M-A-L-T-Z, Maxwell Maltz. Get that book. It'll change your life. Psycho-Cybernetics. Okay. Uh, Do you have an assistant? If so, at what point did you hire them? So really, um, I do have an assistant uh, and it's more just to manage like the mail and stuff. But for me, the beauty is, is that doing rehabs and rental properties, it's really not a lot of work. I mean, you know, once you get the property, you know, you're you're basically the GC is kind of doing everything. So I'm fortunate once I get a property and we start fixing it up many a times, I haven't even seen the property when we bought it. And I haven't even seen some of them, you know, when we sell them because John Paul is out there. So in the beginning, And I don't know how Greg recommends to his students, but in the beginning, you probably want to do pretty much everything yourself just so you can learn and understand. And then as you progress and start making money, the the uh, the activities that aren't making you money are the ones that you want to outsource and the activities that make you money. Are the ones that you probably want to hold on to. Um, but honestly, Greg, he's probably a better guy to talk to because this guy runs like four or five companies, and he he he's got it to a science. So that'll probably be a whole nother uh talk for him. Um yeah, think and grow rich, that's a good book. So psycho cybernetics is actually a a better read, you'll get the same information as think and grow rich. Um, but both of those books are like, you know, phenomenal. Um let's see. Basically on the job training. You're right. Yep, on the job training. Yeah. And don't be afraid to work for somebody for free, you know, to learn a skill. Um, hook up with somebody. I'm sure well, they Greg to are- work.
0: Well, Nate on, 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 a, on a daily basis, what, do you, what's your, what are you thinking about? because um, I my my focus on a daily basis is working on my business. Okay. And so of late we've been hiring, trying to hire all the right people. Um, so I'm working on my business as opposed to in my business. Okay. And so what what are you what are you thinking about or even working on? Is it financing getting more financing? I, I used to talk to Brad a lot, Brad Chandler. And he yes. said his his only focus was um, um getting more money, getting more right. private lenders. Um, that was his whole focus was the financing part piece of um of his business. Um, yeah. what, uh, what what is your focus on a daily basis? What are you thinking about? Is it is it just bringing in more deals or what? What is that?
1: Yeah. So because because of the lifestyle that I've kind of chosen um with you know with with my family uh where i spend a lot of time with my wife and, and my boys is i think to your point too it's it's ironic because i just uh i just took a bunch of properties that i owned and went and got a line of credit that i am uh closing on actually friday to get more capital. So yeah, that that's one. Uh, Two is definitely networking because for me, um, right now as we're in this period, I am just trying to network and talk to as many people because COVID. Some people are shaking out of the business, some people are getting into the business, and so for me. And like an individual investor, the network is, is, is the key because I find that the network gives me residuals. I just got a deal um, last, last week I closed on and it was from a person in my network that I bought a house from almost five years ago. And I just went through my phone and this is what I would tell you. And it goes back to that mindset is that I'm a firm believer that we have everything we need at our disposal right now. Like in your phones, there's probably a hundred thousand dollar deal right now in everybody's phone. It's just a matter of, you know, networking and doing the little things. So I'm very big on. And, and that's just the way I've chosen to do my business because I'm more into, you know, a lifestyle. I know other people, they are more marketing driven where they do like, you know, a ton of mail or phone calls. The beauty about real estate investing is, is that there's no right or wrong way. You just find what works for your lifestyle and then you do it, you know, you do it accordingly. Good.
0: Good. And so last question, Nate, and and I appreciate your time. I know time is precious. I tricked you and told you you'd only be on for 30 minutes, but we've doubled that, so I owe you. What advice advice would you give the people on um, kind of moving forward in their journey? Uh, What advice would you give them? Well, number one,
1: um, don't reinvent the wheel. I I think they're already these guys are going to be already are so many steps ahead of me because they were smart enough to get a mentor, you know, a lot early in the game. Um, But having said that, uh, you still have to take full advantage of it. Right. So, you know we all have the same information, but it's going to come down to getting a plan and executing the plan. And one thing that I will say is, and and Greg can probably back me up on this, is that real estate investing, just look at it as a marathon, not as a sprint. Because You know, there are going to be times where you're just super hot, you know, making tons of money. And then there might be times where, you know, you have to like work on your business or, you know, reallocate or whatever. But just know this, that you picked the right industry to be in. Real estate investing and I was just having this conversation with one of my buddies today. It is the only vehicle that regular guys like Greg from Southeast and me from District Heights can like, you know make tons of money and, and, and meet people. And there's no other industry in the world and real estate makes more millionaires than anybody. So you already picked the right vehicle to be in. Now, just be patient and make sure that you stick with it because it is is a marathon, but believe me, you will be happy, your kids will be happy, and I'll leave you with these final parting words. You have the benefit of, of my friend right here, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I always tell people, you know, the experts that you listen to, it's not that we're any smarter than anybody on this call. It just means we've made the most mistakes, right? We made the most mistakes and we're able to teach you how not to make those same mistakes and shorten your path to success. So, Take that seriously. Don't reinvent the wheel. He's giving you the blueprint on you know, financial freedom. And believe me, you got to trust the process. Stick with it. You know, Put God in your family first and all else works itself out.
0: Thank you, Nate. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the kind words. You Always. guys, think, thank Nate. Thank Nate. Um, he, he could have been oh, anywhere man. tonight and he spent an hour with us. Um, I apologize for all the technical difficulties, but, um, N- Nate, I, I owe you. I owe you my, my, my <laughs> friend.
1: <laughs> hey, you heard that. I got it on tape.
0: <laughs> it's all
1: he's going to call me tomorrow looking for a deal. Oh yeah. man. You know, <laughs> Hey, put my, uh, Greg, put my put my name and cell in the chat for them. I didn't know how to do it, but if anybody has any questions offline or whatever uh, about, you know, mindset or if they need a book to read or whatever, I'm always here to, you know, kind of help you guys.
0: I'm going to have Keith um, send your information, uh, put, okay. it, put it on their dashboard. They all have a, a, a dashboard. So Keith, Put Nate's information in their dashboard. So whenever they want to go uh, call Nate or email Nate, it'll be right there in their dashboard. All right, All right Nate. Right. I appreciate it, brother. Man. All right, take All care. Right. All Thank right, you guys. Man.